Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to episode 40 of The Smushroom, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. I'm your host, Troy McKeady, and you guys, we made it to episode 40. Can you believe that? We made it to episode 40. We are in like the no longer teens. Now I guess we're an adult. Like we're not a little girl anymore. I'm not a little girl anymore. Um, I've got a really, I mean, I, I figured this episode needed, it deserved something special and it deserved a couple that was iconic and insane and, uh, dramatic and tabloid fodder worthy. And I feel like I'm delivering that today. I think this is like the couple that ends all couples. Like this is like in the top five of iconic couples. I think of all time. I've got my lozenges here on deck. My mouth is full of lozenges. I'm just constantly serving you 90-year-old fantasy. I've got my water bottle next to me. I'm guaranteed to start coughing in T-minus one minute. And all things are a go. I mean, that's basically this podcast is me eating lozenges, drinking water for my life, and coughing. It's an hour of it, and somehow you guys, for some reason, you guys like it, and I appreciate that. Um, you guys, we're going to be talking about Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee today, and look, it's a wild ride. Like, it's fun, obviously. There's a lot of fun nostalgia. There's a lot of, like, fun things to look back on. There's a lot of, like, just fun 90s, like, old-school VMA excitement and like naivete if you will uh but then there's this whole other side of this episode that's like very dark and when i was doing my research like i i honestly came to the realization at a certain point that pam anderson is just like the most abused woman in hollywood like i don't even know how she's still standing but she is and she's strong and she like looks great and i'm always proud of her i love pam anderson I guess I should just throw that out there now. Uh, this will be a love letter to Pam. Um, she doesn't receive them very often, apparently. She's treated like shit by men. Uh, but I'm I'm comfortable being the only man in her life that will treat her the way she, that she's supposed to be treated. Because I think she deserves it. I mean, look, I I don't really even know what to say about this woman's life. Like, she has been put through absolute fucking hell from the very start to the very end. I mean, she's nothing. You know what I mean? Till now. She just, she's got a wrong picker. She's got a broken picker. She picks monsters to, to marry and to have sex with. And, you know, she's just been put through hell. And then Tommy Lee, I mean, you know, it's, it's not like I grew up like loving Motley Crue. Surprise believe it or not um but i do love 80s hair metal bands just for the nostalgia and i love like you know their contribution to uh tabloid culture in the 80s so for that reason i've always loved tommy lee i love the, the drama he brings to the world and uh, yeah i mean i don't know i'm excited i i just i, I feel like i should warn you that it gets very Almost immediately gets uh, very, uh, very dark. So, and honestly, I think that's what you guys come for. Like, I think that you like the darker episodes, as do I. Um, they just get, you know, when you're researching 
all this stuff for like 10 hours you just get in a really weird space where you're like oh my god like I, I literally at four in the morning i'm sitting there like i'm more connected to pam anderson than i ever have been in my entire life we deserve each other i like women now pam anderson is my true soulmate like i i just want to protect her I want to swaddle her. She's somebody that I just want to take and swaddle and, like, wrap up in a blanket and, like, rock her back and forth and tell her that it is actually, in fact, going to be okay. Like, everything's going to be fine. She just needs to hear it from me. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and get started, I suppose. I mean, I don't have a guest. It's just me and you. So, let me just take a... I feel like with you, I can be a little bit less formal. I'm taking a sip of water. <laughs> So, uh, Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee began dating in February, on February 17th, actually, of 1995. They were married on February 19th of 1995. Um, Pammy, or Pammy Lee! Oh my god! If the celebrity single name had existed at that time... Something tells me that I would have called them Pammy Lee. Or Pommy Lee. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about getting a dog, by the way. I'm thinking about rescuing a dog. And Pammy Lee ain't looking so bad right about now. I think that names sometimes choose you. I think that that's God working. And I think that that name just chose me for my future dog. Neither here nor there. Pam and Tommy Lee were very famously married for 95 hours. I'm sorry, they got married 95 hours after meeting on New Year's. Um, So this relationship was doomed from the start. They got married the same week that they met. And they just had this, like, fucking whirlwind, crazy up and down. (coughs) Sorry, I'm, like, sick again. I know it's a whole thing. I possess a cough. We already talked about this. maybe i'll like edit out some of the coughs because that would be professional or whatever or i'll just not and i will just assume that you guys cough too because you're human um pam and tommy lee divorced on february 28th of 1998 and uh i mean you know during that time they created just like all this crazy tabloid drama revolving you know surrounding their relationship as you may or may not know uh, unless you are, like, I don't know, Nell, living in the forest, creating your own language with your twin sister. Um, they had a sex tape. I don't know if you've heard of it. They had this, this, uh, this sex, this very underground sex tape that nobody's ever heard of that got stolen from them. And, uh, you know, one of the first celebrity sex tapes, the first of this sort of, uh, this caliber to be stolen and sold and exploited and for a profit to be made from i mean that had actually happened before which you know people always say that pam and tommy lee have the first sex tape which they don't like people have way more incriminating sex tapes have you ever seen rob lowe's sex tape oh wait no you haven't because the girl in it is underage um and that was from like the 80s or like yeah like the the mid 80s i want to say mid to late 80s so this isn't technically the first celebrity sex tape, but it's, I would say, the most prominent, the most relevant, and it puts celebrity sex tapes kind of on the map as a way to gain attention. You know, maybe not so much build a career that had, you know, been yet to come, <clears throat> but uh, as far as, like, 
a sex tape being sold for profit and you possibly being able to make money off of it, this was it. And Pam also very famously contracted hepatitis C from Tommy from a shared tattoo needle. And, you know, it's like I said at the beginning of this episode, like, by the way, three minutes ago, um, Pam Anderson just, she's been through a lot. Like, this is a woman who I cannot understand how she's still standing in comparison to what she's been through. Any normal person at some point, I'm sure, would have, like, given up. I mean, she's just... This is a tough bitch. Like, Pam Anderson is fucking badass, honestly. She has been put through hell by men in her life. And she's still here. She's, like, one of those, like, uh, one of those, those, like, boxing things that you, like, tie bow that, like, falls down and then pops back up in the air no matter what. Like, that's literally Pam Anderson. Um, and I also, I don't know, one of the other things that I really admire about Pam Anderson is that she has just sort of lived her truth her whole life. Like, she's just, she's somebody who, she's made a career out of, like, creating this image and creating this, like, version of herself, this, like, I don't even know, this, like, blonde bombshell hybrid character, but also at the same time, she's so transparent and she's so raw and like real and she's so honest about who she is and unapologetic about it about all of her faults and her flaws and all the things that a normal person would maybe possibly try and hide you know Pam Anderson is like fuck it like she for all of her plastic surgery and her horrible relationships with men you know her like high and low points as a mother um her love of animals and her obsession with PETA. I mean, she's just very sort of like all out there in a sense. Like she just doesn't hide anything. And I think that that's really cool. And I don't really think she gets enough credit for being so um, sort of transparent with the general public for her entire career. Pam and Tommy Lee also had two sons together who I believe are probably going to end up becoming super famous. Like, I know that they're, like, on, like, the cusp right now of, like, becoming something, which is, like, cool. But I really, I have it in my heart that I think they're going to become, like, really fucking famous. Like, first of all, one of her son's name is Dylan Jagger. And, like, that's a name for a person who was meant to be a star. I mean, like I said, I think names choose you. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Pommy Lee chose me just a minute ago. Um, God spoke to me through that, through that scripture. So yeah, I I think that Dylan Jagger probably is going to end up becoming super famous. He's like insanely good looking and has a cool name. And his parents are Tommy Lee and fucking Pam Anderson. Like what celebrity kid that's a kid now is he like, who's going to grow? This is the thing that I wonder all the time. What celebrity children are going to date? And I know that I've talked about that before on this podcast, but, like, it's, it's something that, like, I obsess over and I can't help it. Who's going to date who? Like, who is little Dylan Jagger, who now I guess is, like, 18 or 19, who's he going to date in Hollywood? Whose daughter is he going to date? Whose daughter is he going to probably get knocked up at some point because he's got that Tommy Lee blood runneth through his veins you know what I mean? Like, that, to me, is the most interesting thing in the world. Like, Reese Witherspoon's kids, who are they going to date? You know what I mean? What if they date, like, I don't know, 
Matthew McConaughey's kids or something. And what if they, I mean, what uh, that could happen. Look at, look at Ashley Simpson. She's a fucking Ross. Ashley Simpson and Jessica Simpson are Ross. Are, they're Rosses. Diana Ross. Like, that's the world we live in. I can't even deal with it. Um, and as, I mean, as you know, probably Pam and Tommy Lee had a really messy divorce, had a really messy public court, you know, court battle for their children. Um, just a lot of, uh, a lot of mess and darkness and non-Christian behavior. And I guess we're going to now get right into it. And I'm ready to talk about Pam. If you haven't noticed, I have a bit of a, a straight crush. So Pam grew up in Ladysmith, British Columbia. She ended up moving to Vancouver later to work on, uh, to work as a fitness instructor. And Pam's first sort of like real big break, I guess you could say, technically came as, um, well, she's had several big breaks. She's one of those people that has like a real Hollywood folklore sort of like coming of age story. Um, but her first ever big break, I guess you could say, because she's had like nine, came as a little girl. Um, she was born on the hundredth anniversary of uh, Canada as a na- isn't uh, Canada as a nation, so she was nicknamed the Centennial Baby, and she was chosen to be one of the kids to appear in those like, you know, those ads that appear at the library for like children that say like reading is fun in like seventies font, and it's a kid reading with like Kermit and like Mickey Mouse or something, like wearing kids. Like, that was, Pam was, like, in a lot of those advertisements. And she was in one that I, I, I suppose, um, was really, really popular and circulated all over Canada at every every Canadian library. Um, that was her. She was, like, the library kid, which is so silly. Um, and Pam actually revealed recently at the Cannes Film Festival that she had, like, a really super tough childhood. One of, I believe her father was an alcoholic. Her mother was somebody who just, like, you know, worked and tried to, like, provide. I'm pretty sure her mother was also very sick. Um, But she revealed at Cannes that she, at a very young age, had suffered just, like, a lot of extreme sexual abuse in her life, which she has. Like, this woman has really, like I said, men have really put her through fucking hell. Um, From ages 6 to 10, she was... Actually, from ages 6 to 10, she was molested by a female babysitter, um, regularly, this woman was, basically took her virginity, this, like, psychotic babysitter that they trusted, and she was a family friend, somebody that they had in their house all the time, and she molested Pam from 6 to 10, and then at age 12, um, she stayed the night at a boyfriend's house, and, uh, her, her boyfriend left the room, her old, the boyfriend's older brother, came in and asked her if, like, he wanted to, or if she wanted to learn how to play backgammon or something, which she agreed, and then it turned into, you know, can I give you a massage, which then turned into her being brutally raped in her boyfriend's house by her boyfriend's brother while her boyfriend was upstairs. Um, at 14, her boyfriend at that time <clears throat> allowed six of his friends to gang rape her, at 14, these are, by the way, these are all of her sexual experiences. Just rape after rape after rape after rape. It's fucking awful. In the most formative beginning stages of her life, this kid allowed his friends to brutally gang rape her and beat her. 
And not only did he allow it to happen, he joined in and he watched. And I mean, this is like, you know, also, by the way, that was how she officially had, um, had she, that was the guy that the, the original, her boyfriend that left the room and her, the boyfriend's brother came in and assaulted her. That was how she lost her virginity. Um, so just, you know, <clears throat> I don't know when you go back and you look at somebody's life in such an intense way, the way that I, you know, I do when I research this podcast and like, these are people that I love and like, I love, you know, their crazy decisions and the, the crazy choices they've made throughout their lives because it's fun to look back on. But then when you really get to like the root of the issue, like when you really, really examine these people for who they are. And I find out that, you know, Pam Anderson is somebody who has a terrible, a a terrible picker and she picks horrible men that abuse her and that like, you know, essentially treat her like shit. Like, you know, she's, she, she surrounds herself with men that just treat her terribly. Um, and then you go back and read that she's had this horrible sort of like, um, these horrible sort of formative years with in her life with men and that all of these things are definitely tied together and it's just really sad you know she is like the definition of an ebp she picks horrible men that she knows will be terrible to her and that will abuse her and treat her like shit because obviously she's wired at this point to think it's what she deserves even at you know at 50 years old and it's just really sad um Obviously, as a result of what she went through, Pam, you know, she suffered a great deal of depression. Um, she was suicidal and she's gone through bouts throughout her life of being suicidal. Again, something that is really intense, but she's very open about it. I mean, she's somebody who throughout her life has suffered extreme depression and is like very honest and open about the fact that she's like tried to kill herself multiple times. Like, this is a woman who just does not lie about anything. Um, so, yeah, she became really suicidal after that uh, The her her boyfriend allowed his friends to, like, basically try and kill her. Um, and that was when she started to feel passionate about animals, which, as we know, Pam Anderson is somebody who basically put PETA on the map uh, for I mean, people my age and, and a little bit older who... At a certain point, I mean, I grew up knowing what PETA was because that was the the name that Pam Anderson would wear on her crop tops on the beach was PETA. You know what I mean? Um, and this is when she started to feel passionate about animals. This is when her her love of animals kind of came about. Like, she, you know, she wasn't really close to people. She didn't really have any friends. At that point, she had sort of written off humans and just completely devoted herself to, like, rescuing animals, even just, like, in her small town. Um, Pam's first film role came in 1984 when she appeared in the Kathleen Turner film Crimes of Passion. And, uh, while living in Vancouver after graduating, Pam worked as a fitness instructor. Um, she booked all these very sort of odd job television roles, um, as like hot girl, you know, hot girl number four, hot girl number eight, uh, bikini girl, uh, (laughs) girl in convertible, you know, she was just like that girl, um, she also worked as a fitness and bikini model. Um, now, her official, like, her real big break, the thing that, like, really, I guess, launched her career, not really so much the thing that, well, I guess you could say this was the big takeoff, 
um, came in 1989 when she, okay, I just want a prerequisite in saying that Pam Anderson has one of those coming of age stories that like has been told so many times that it's now become folklore. And like, there, there are things about it that I've found to be true and things that are like not so true. And I'll tell you both sides of it. And, um, because like Pam, I like being very transparent. (laughs) So, uh, on paper for like the history books, Pam's big break came in 1989 when she attended a BC Lions football game in Vancouver. Um, the story goes that she borrowed a Labatt Blue crop top from her friend, which at the time was just called Labatt. And her friend apparently worked for the beer company. Um, and this guy, this camera guy in the audience zoomed in on Pam. And the reaction from the audience was so epic that Labatt was getting, like, these hundreds of calls a day saying, like, who was the girl? Who was the girl at the game? Who was the girl in the t-shirt? She became known as the girl in the t-shirt. She was the hot girl in the Labatt t-shirt at the football game. And the story goes that Labatt then reached out to Pam and asked her to appear in their ads and the rest is history. Um, Now, I've also read some conflicting stories about that. It's was later revealed that Pam had actually been kind of doing everything she could to be noticed by Labatt, and she had actually reached out to them while she was doing fitness modeling and said, like, look, I want to model for your company. Um, I want to be a Blue Zone girl, which was, like, I guess, like, the centerfold girl of, like, the month for Labatt. Like, that was the girl that would appear in all the ads and, like, poke her ass out on like a car you know what I mean um but she had been she'd reached out to them and said like I want to appear in your ads they turned her down then this happened she wore the t-shirt to the game I, I think just sort of like obviously hoping that they would see it but also just kind of like being funny and there was no way that they at that point could turn her down like the audience lost their shit people fell in love with Pam Anderson like it was just like you know she had she's got she's got moxie you know what I mean she had she had it factor um so pam was then featured in the blue zone girl poster which became pretty fucking iconic you know a little bit of a fair faucet moment in her own right like that was a poster that i think in the 80s like everybody knew um and it's it's iconic it's pam in her like acid wash jeans up to her her belly button hands in pot Ooh, puberty hello hands in pockets and you know she's wearing a little back crop top she looks so adorable and so young and like fresh faced and that was like her big uh that was her big moment and around the same time that pam shot the labat ad a photographer that she had worked with was sending her photos out to all these different agencies and publications um really just trying to get her work as a model which led to her photos ending up on the desk of hugh hefner so playboy reached out they asked her by the way, I'm making a very conscious effort. You can't tell by the way that I just said it, but I'm making a very conscious effort in 2018 to say the word asked with the K, right? Like, I'm, I, I, it's very seldom that you'll hear me say asked because I just find it to be unnatural. Whoever created that word or whatever Latin uh, word it's come, it stems from, I wish that we would have just gone ahead and just went full asked, okay? Because... There's a certain demographic of us that just don't really, um, we don't take to the K in that word, and that's fine. 
You know what I mean? People are people. Um, Playboy reached out. They asked her to appear on the October 1989 issue. And the magazine came out actually at the same time as the Labatt ad. So once that was released, her career just completely, like, skyrocketed, basically. She completely took off. Um, And then she moved to L.A. to pursue an acting and modeling career full-time. And uh, that was it. Like, she was, like, ready for the big time. And um, when she first got the call to be in Playboy, she was in the middle of a physical altercation, believe it or not, with a man. If I, I, I know it's probably hard to believe, uh, but she was with a shitty guy at the time, and he was, they were having this, like, physical altercation in, the, in her apartment. He was throwing silverware at her and, like, throwing plates across the room. So when she accepted the, the, the offer from Playboy on the phone, she literally was in the middle of, like, dodging knives uh, and she, she said yes while she was, like, on her kitchen floor, like, having literal plates thrown at her. Like, my only question at this point is who's gonna play her in the Lifetime movie of her life. I, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Not to be cocky. Not to be a Val Cherish. But, like, I mean, come on. Who's playing Pam Manderson for Lifetime? Because this is, ba- I mean, she basically has, like, a Dolly Parton story. But, like in LA. Um, and also, by the way, I also just want to say some things about, uh, at some, at a certain point, I've got to mention the fact that Pam Anderson isn't even an American. Like she's literally from Canada and is now like an American icon and like one of America's ideas of beauty at a certain point, but we'll get to that. Um, by the way, when this took place, this was a girl who had like never even been on a plane And her first plane ride was from her apartment that she shared with an abusive asshole that was throwing knives at her to Playboy to pose nude in front of Hugh Hefner. Um, I'm just like insane. And her, um, her cover was successful. People loved it. And they asked her to, asked her to appear in the February 1990 issue of Playboy. Um, she would go on to appear on 14 covers total. And, you know, Pam has said since in interviews, especially recently, she did an interview with Vice where she talked about the impact that Playboy had on her life at the beginning of her career. Um, she talked about how, you know, she was somebody who grew up in a small town. Like she didn't, she wasn't really exposed to a whole lot. Um, the only men she knew were like her dad and all these abusive, like young assholes. She wasn't, and, you know, surrounded by creative people or, like, people who knew anything about pop culture or art or music or anything. Um, So when she went to the Playboy Mansion each time, you know, she would meet these people that would completely expose her to, like, a world that she had never really known. I mean, like, artists and directors and, you know, film producers and television producers and musicians and poets and all these people, especially, like, in the, the 80s and the 90s, um, just creative people who, like, work in art and taught her about, like, Andy Warhol and all this stuff, and, like, the other really fascinating thing about Pam is that she grew up, um, in a house where it was required that, you know, she had really strict parents when it came to education, and she was, you know, she read a lot, she was basically, like, Matilda, from what I've read, like, she was one of those little girls that, like, 
spent most of her day, like, in a library willingly and just read and read and read constantly about, like, the world. And, like, she had interest in all these things, but just no no outlet or no nobody around her to, like, teach her anything about them, really. So, you guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So... Go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, You'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.